Good morning. It's great to see you. Boy, I love hearing a little passion out there. Yeah, a little passion. It don't hurt. You know, I, I, if you haven't met Calvin yet, he's, he's my friend over there, and uh, he's a black gentleman, and uh, if you hadn't noticed. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Hallelujah. I love it. Embrace it, baby. Embrace it. But, you know, he claps really loud. If you're over there, you hear him do this. They, and I, for years, I've thought about going over and saying, listen, you're scaring the white folks. You know, you need to just kind of calm that down. But you know what? I will never, never tell somebody with passion for Jesus. That's not his blackness coming through. That's his Jesusness coming through. So, uh, but I heard it. I heard that, that white guy back there on the camera. He was making noise and, and, and some other folks. So let me just tell you, it's okay. We're supposed to be passionate about Jesus. Everybody in the world's doing what they want to do passionately. Well, let's jump on board. Let's do it too. So, yeah. Well, so uh, I want you to, I'm yeah. sorry, Brian. This is <laughs> no, Brian. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, guys, before he talks, it, it's with a Y, okay? It's with a Y, because he thinks B-R-I-A-N, you know, it's kind of like, but this is Y-A-N, okay? How do you spell Ryan? Uh, how do I spell Ryan? Yeah. R-I-A-N. Yeah, nobody spells it that way. <laughs> he only says that because he knows that my logic works on that. How you say semi? It's like a semi, but demi more. I mean, I mean, it's demi, not demi so more. Brian, if it's right, with an I? <laughs> So Brian is also my son-in-law, so we can, if you're kind of like, wow, look, he's picking on that uh, Filipino guy up there. I, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he told me a long time ago, <laughs> yeah, we don't see color around here. I was oh, like, joke's on you. I've been brown this whole time. So. <laughs> uh, hey, one time we were working in the front lawn together. We were working <laughs> on the yard, and this white dude, I'm telling you he's white because because he was white, and so he drove up, and he comes alongside, and he says, I see you got your Mexican working on the yard for you. And I was like, oh, you S-O-B. I mean, I just, I, I said, I just, let, him, let me out him, Poppy. <laughs> Matter of fact, when we go to Home Depot together, I won't let him carry the boards, because... Because it looks so racist, racist, you know, it's like, oh, you're Mexicans carrying the boards. And it's like, you know, yeah. so, hey, I'm trying to make a difference here. Yeah. I'm trying to make a difference. Yeah. You don't get this in second service. I'm no, no, second <laughs> service. They don't laugh at nothing. They're we didn't so, talk about any They're like <laughs> angry all the time. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry, second service people. If you're Sorry, yes, that. that's right. Okay, so Brian, you're up here for a reason. The reason yeah. is, is because it's a really good breakaway, or a, that's what we called it back in the <laughs> '90s. What do you guys call we, it now? It's uh, it's summer camp. Summer um, camp. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. creative. Youth revival. Does that work? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you want something yeah. more intense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Student life camp. I'm super yes. excited for it. Um, it's uh. We went two years ago, and then last year it got canceled because of the things going on. Um, and uh, so we're super excited to get back to it this year. Um, eight students were gave their life to Christ the last time we went, and like it was it was an amazing moment. Uh, yeah. They just one night in the middle of the week, they they all started coming to me asking the questions and stuff, and I was like, you know what? Why are we gonna wait on this and stuff? We went down to the hotel pool that night 
And we and we had an audience in the yeah. hotel rooms. They're all cheering and stuff from their hotel rooms and stuff yeah. as we were baptizing. And um, it was it was fantastic. It's just a it's a great camp where we have a ton of fun doing it. Um, but at the same time, they're hearing the word of the Lord, and it's uh, it's great. So. Okay, so now there's a difficulty for this. It's like yes. how many days long? So it's like three. It's four, five days long. Five days yeah. long. So parents, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> Get you know, but it is pricey. We are going to take. We're not making any money off of it. It's like $500 a person, okay? And I know you're thinking about this, but first of all, just think about what's being fed to your kids nonstop for free um, in, your, in your life, okay? So it is just coming at them. So this is an opportunity to stop it. But we also know that parents that have more than one child, or maybe even just one child, that that's pretty pricey. It's a lot of money, yeah. So I am calling on my... My baby boomer brethren and sisters, okay? My baby boomer brethren, we're the ones that are getting old enough. We're getting that retirement and fishing and all that other stuff that we're doing. Uh, we can sponsor uh, a, yeah. a young person. Yeah, you can sponsor a student. Uh, if you want to drop $50 for a student, I'll hand make you one of these shirts. They're right handmade. Here. They're like, handmade. I make them in my office. with a. We made the screen ourselves. We did all yeah, the stuff he does to it save all. as much he money does it as all. I possibly could. Hey, hey. I just want I, want, I don't want any student to miss out on this camp for mm -hmm. the lamest reason, which is they could not afford to go. Right. So I want, I want every student to, to know that our congregation has a big faith in this God, yeah, and that they want these students to experience them there, right? And it's just going to be amazing. So, yeah, I, so yeah, if you sponsor a student, um, you can do it through the app, you can do it through our website, you can um, do it on the iPad in the back, you can drop it in the Dropbox over there. Just leave in the notation that it's for a student to go to summer camp, um, and then put. S for small, M for medium, L for large, whatever your shirt size is, just write it I in the notation. I can vouch for most of my baby boomer and, uh, brethren, it's going to be large, super large, <laughs> X large, you know, just for the brethren. The sisters are totally different, but, you know, the, the brethren, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we're just really excited for that, but, yeah, I will make you one of these shirts. Handmade. And, and I'll hand it to handmade. you personally, and thank you so much for and, and getting a student to go. I'm telling you, we are so blessed with Brian. One, he's technologically brilliant. He can put a turbo on a Ford Esco, a Escort. Yeah, a matter, I mean, he, could do, he can do whatever you need in order to get you to give to help these kids. I just volunteer. He'll rotate your tires. He'll change your oil for $500. Wouldn't you say, I think it's a $500 it's a deal. deal. All right. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. So uh, let's do this together, okay? Don't, don't complain about what's going on in the world today. Make a difference and invest in the, in the youth of our day. All right, thanks, Brian. Man, we've been blessed to have him as a, as a son-in-law. And uh, uh, well, people don't really know about this. I mean, I was joking, you know, saying he was Filipino. But my first marriage, uh, my, my, my ex-wife is Mexican. So um, I have no Anglo-Saxon grandchildren in my family, okay? The Rienzo family is the melting pot of America, okay? We're doing our part to change it. Now, my other daughter married a guy from Wisconsin, and uh, he's pretty white, so I don't see us getting anything there, you know, uh, other than a Green Bay Packer fan. Uh, but, you know, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, before I offend anybody... That's a lot of joking to not actually offend somebody. Have, I think I've done pretty good so far. So we have, 
we have been learning about the real stimulus package, the one that's really gonna make a difference in your life, and that comes from God. And we learned how God told the church, don't do church without the power of the Holy Spirit. He even told his disciples, don't go anywhere until you've received the real stimulus package from heaven. And we learned that in the book of Acts, that God pours out his spirit on the day of Pentecost. And, it, and, it, and when he said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses. You'll be making a difference in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the world, right into America. He's like, you know, don't try to do Christianity without supernatural power without the stimulus package of God in your life. And I think some of the problems that we had is that too much church has been done without the presence and the power of the Spirit moving in our lives. So God wants to fill us, and he wants it to cascade into people's lives. It's really exciting what God is inviting us to. So why do we need this supernatural power today? I mean, like today. We can understand they needed it back then, but why would we need it today? So I, I wrote down a couple of reasons, and maybe they kind of tag you in it because they, they tagged me. Um, here's a couple ideas that I had. First of all, you can't live the Christian life without divine empowerment. Just can't do it. I've tried it. You just can't live the way that God has called us to live without the enablement of his Holy Spirit. There was this young rich ruler, and he, he, wanted, to, uh, he wanted to do it. He, so he shows up to Jesus, and he says, Lord, what must I do in order to have eternal life? And uh, Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. Okay, so you're, you're a doer guy. Okay, all right. So Jesus is going to start throwing speed bumps in front of this guy. He's not looking to give him the answer the guy wants. He's start, actually, he wants to slow the guy down on his doing because he thinks his doing is what makes you a, a Christian. So he says, you know the commandments, and the young man just proudly just beats his chest and says, I've been doing all those since I was a youth. And then uh, Jesus said to him, okay, well then go and sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And then the young man, so the, the area where this young man could not in his flesh, in his own strength, pull this thing off, all of a sudden encounters a speed bump that his car can't go over. And Jesus put it there. And see, and sometimes there are th elements of the Christian life that, you know, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And we think, wow, God narrowed 632 precepts of the Old Testament down to just three. Okay, which one of those sounds easy to you? Love the Lord God with all your mind, soul, strength, body, and love your neighbor as yourself. Just loving myself is a difficult task, let alone love, loving my neighbor. <laughs> See, he didn't make it easier. He just showed, hey, I can reduce 632 or 10 commandments just down to three. And you're still going to have a hard time pulling it off if you don't have divine power. And the story ends up, the disciples watch this young man walk away disappointed. And this is what they said, and I think it's so important. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, then who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. It's like, now, if you have supernatural power in your life, if you have God in your life, it becomes possible. But if you're going to try to do this Christian thing without the power, the supernatural power of God, it becomes impossible. Second reason why I think we need it today our culture just doesn't know who Jesus is anymore. I mean, I just saw a survey that 80% of high school student, students don't even know who Adolf Hitler is. Uh, and it's like, what? 
It's like, but yeah, our culture doesn't know who Jesus is. They only know of historical anecdotes, or maybe they only know about toxic church. But very few have been raised in America with a genuine Jesus experience. I'm talking about in a real Christian environment where Christ is taught, Christ is lived, the hope of Christ is, is just abounding, the power of the Holy Spirit. And most people have not experienced that. Most people have just had an institutionalized exposure to Jesus on Christmas and maybe one other Sunday. But really, our culture, this younger generation particularly, they don't know why Jesus is any different than Buddha. They don't know um, who Jesus is or, or the, the, the stories of the scriptures or any of that. They, so we need the supernatural power of God again. We need the spirit of God in, 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 in order to help them understand. A, a perfect example of it happening in the Bible, there's this woman and she was out getting some water at a well. She was filling up her well and, and uh, she had a secret about her. And the secret was is that she had been married five times and the man that she was living with was not her husband, okay? And so there's something about her life that was kind of, like all of us, hidden. Something that really doesn't, you don't want everybody to know about. So she goes out to get water, she runs into Jesus, and, and while she's talking to Jesus, Jesus talks to her about her relationship situation. It's like, well, why would you want to talk to her? He says, yeah, and he tells her right verbatim, You've been married five times and the man that you're with is not your husband and she's astounded. Why? Because she knows there's something supernatural in play. This is not just some, some dude trying to, you know, make a woman feel bad about her lifestyle, but rather she knows that he got this information. She's never met him before. He doesn't live in the town. He hasn't heard the gossip, but he knows exactly the number and he knows exactly what's going on in her life. That supernatural moment just made her consider something that she had never considered before. See, that's why we need the supernatural power of God moving in the church again, is because there are sometimes we have just got to show that God is involved with our lives and that God is speaking. God knows what's going on in people's lives. And Jesus, Jesus says to her, he says, woman, you don't even know what you worship. And that's where we are in America. We don't even know that what we worship. We don't, you know, people say, well, you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God, but I believe in this and this and this, and it's all gotten kind of mixed up in this big little pile, and it's a book that you can buy on the internet, and, and it's got all the religions just work together in there and self-help and all this other stuff, and, and Jesus is like, oh my goodness, a generation that doesn't even know what it's worshiping. That's exactly where we are. So what does he do? He does that miracle for her. And listen to what happens in John 4. So the woman left her water jar, and went into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. The miracle is what spoke to her. Not his theological discourse, but rather the miracle spoke to her. He, he got, it, got her attention. She said, can this be the Christ, the one that we've been waiting for? And they went out of the town and they were coming to Jesus. She cites the miracle. And Jesus uses that miracle to connect it to the story and the promise of the Christ. That needs to happen again, okay? We, we don't need to just be anti-abortionist. We don't need to just be whatever it is that you identify with the, uh, with the religious minority in America today. I mean, we, we kind of hallmark ourselves on our ethical stance. And I have ethical stance, and ethical stands are good. 
But you know what? When you don't got power, it's, you just don't know what you worship. You know, um, you know, uh, just a side note because I, I do side notes. And, um, you know, what happened with the Trump thing, okay? All right, what happened? What, we ended up with people worshiping Trump instead of worshiping the God and the creator of, of, of heaven and earth. Okay, churches got sucked into this thing. And I, I'm not, I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I voted for the guy for, because I don't, like, I don't like abortion, okay? I have good reasons to not like, like abortion. But that aside, there's more to me than that. But it's like all of a sudden the churches swooned over this man and lifted him up and all of a sudden went crazy. And I'm not saying, you know, there's anything wrong for having voted for him or to vote against him. But a religious fervor came up, didn't it? It was religious. And Jesus is looking at his church in America and he's like, golly, these guys don't know what they worship. They have no idea. They've gotten just as confused as the rest of the people. Well, we need to get back to Jesus. And one of the ways that we can show that we get back to Jesus is to be filled with this Holy Spirit and that we begin to lay hands on people and the miraculous begins to work again. And it's like, okay, I think they have the right Jesus. So that's just one theory. Um, another reason why we need the power of the Spirit, the, the miracle power of the Spirit, is some things we face are beyond the spectrum of trainable skills. Psychology, medicine, and personal discipline are amazing things. But you know what? Sometimes you run into difficulties that are just, you can't shrink it out of your head. You can't, you can't take enough medicines to make it go away. You can't develop enough personal disciplines to stop drinking it. Okay? Th those are all part of the components that God's put on the earth to help us. But there are some times when my job requires me to be empowered to be with something supernatural, to know things that I didn't know, to, to be able to pray for people that they can get healed from things that I cannot fix and nobody else can fix, to speak hope into a situation that there seems to be no hope. Peter, right after the Holy Spirit was poured out, he was rested and brought before the Sanhedrin because he was, he was preaching. I mean, this fisherman, just a fisherman. I'm a fisherman. I love to fish. It's my favorite pastime. Um, and I, I tell you, you don't have to be super bright to be a fisherman. Okay, just put the worm on the hook, throw it over at the right spot, and you catch a fish. But all of a sudden, the leadership of Jerusalem is taking notice of a group of fishermen who are all of a sudden, they're doing things beyond their skill level beyond their pay grade, beyond their education. And, and so they start preaching and Jerusalem's all turned up and, and then they pray for this guy and he, this guy gets healed and, and all of a sudden it's like, but, but listen to what it says in Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition to what they were saying. It's like, wow. It's like, I know this dude's a doofus. See, that's why God calls doofuses like me. It's because, you know, and, and I'm just going to tell you, um, I, 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 when I graduated high school, there was not a diploma in my thing because I had failed comparative political systems 
and I still had to write a paper in order to get not an F on it, okay? So I wrote a great paper and I got a D minus, but I passed, okay? I went to college three times and dropped out from too much drug usage, too much lady chasing, and just too much of everything other than, other than college. I then assumed that I probably had some learning disability. I mean, I am ADD, but I, I don't consider it a disability any longer. I, no, yeah, it don't, don't, it's juice, baby. It's juice, it gets you fired up. I mean, I love ADD. I ain't medicating that. I'm letting it loose. So I, I figured that maybe my IQ wasn't, but I tell you, when I got saved back in 1981, you know, back then when Huey Lewis was singing songs, you know, and so uh, I, I remember when I got saved, I gave my life to Christ, all of a sudden something hit me like a, and, and I started studying the, the, the scriptures and the language and the theology and, and cosmology and string theory and, and, and uh, why the gospels are reliable and, and all, the, all this other stuff. And it just like, whoom, got in me. It's like, what happened? God said, yeah, I, I, don't, need another, I don't need another seminary guy. I got, I got seminary guys out of the wazoo who have no passion for me. Uh, and I'm, that's not against seminary, but he's like, I don't need you to be a doctor of theology, okay? Doctors of theology, does, doesn't it just sound boring saying it out loud? What I need is somebody filled with the Holy Spirit. I need somebody that was so stupid before that when you get the Holy Spirit, <laughs> they're gonna be so amazed that, so I'm as dumb as a rock. But I'll tell you what, I know Jesus, and I know the scriptures, I, I know science, and I know all this. I mean, I mean I've, I've gone on a, a long study of understanding Darwinism and, and evolution and all the other stuff to try to reconcile it with my faith, all this stuff. And it's like, why? It's because you're an academic, Paul. I am not an academic. I am a fisherman. And you should be amazed that I know anything. But I, I know what I know because God empowered me. I mean, it was like light and day. Even my parents were like, this dude was such a loser, you know? It's like, what happened to him? I got the Holy Spirit in me. And there are some times when we just need, your marriage needs more than just you being a good man or a good wife, okay? Because good man, good wife can only take you so far. What it needs is you to have something of the divine flowing through your spirit, through your life. Now that makes an incredible relationship. Then there's another reason why I think people are, um, uh, need the Holy Spirit today. I mean, we really need it as a church. We really need it as, we need God to do something supernatural. And this is probably my, my biggest reason is, people have lost reasoning skills. See, people are feelings first, science third. Okay? That was a joke. There's no second in there, okay? To prove my, is that, was, was it, it's like a Tanya. I'm a blooming idiot without the Spirit of God. But I just thought by leaving number two out, it would look irrational. But that's how we irrational people are. We're feelings first and science third. Well, what's number two? I don't believe in number two. I, I don't believe in a number two. I think it's one and three. And it's like, oh, well, look good. Let me know how that works out for you. Or maybe it's this way. In our culture right now, we, we put it this way, my truth over all truths. Oh man, this is just as toxic and ugh. It's like, be your own truth. 
Serve your own truth. Uh, um, you probably got maybe seen a placard you can put over your, your mirror in your, you know, be your own truth. It's like, well, again, let me, let me know how that works out for you. Uh, we've lost the ability to be rational. In, in case you're not getting what I'm, what I'm, I'm talking about, I, I have a little video that kind of shows this irrationability. Let's watch. Hi guys, welcome to your first day as interns at Mattel, the Barbie division. You're all here because of your interest in toy marketing or in Barbie herself. <laughs> we take the Barbie brand very seriously here. I'll let the senior VP of Barbie social media elaborate more on that. Who is Barbie? Barbie is fun. Barbie works hard and plays thoughtfully. She has one boyfriend. She is impossible. She is girl to the max. Barbie is current. You understand? Yes, exactly. And last year, we launched her very popular Instagram account, which allows her to connect with her fans online. Now, you three will be helping out with the captions. Why don't we give it a try? What would be a fun caption for this post? Tamara? Mmm, love my juice and my chocolate bar. That's not a chocolate bar. It's a clutch. It's, it's fine. You, what would you write here? I'm holding a chocolate bar. Michael, sweetie, he just told you it's a clutch. Oh, oh, then, oh no, I forgot my clutch. <laughs> She's holding the clutch. Oh, then where's your chocolate bar? There never was one. All right, never mind. What about you? I can't shake the image of that girl getting hit by that car. Four years ago outside of my dream house. Anyway, I was holding a chocolate bar like this one. <laughs> Listen to me, boy. Barbie never witnessed such a thing. That sort of thing does not happen outside of Barbie's house. Bernard, calm down. It's okay. Let's just, we'll do another picture, all right? Tamara, what's your caption? Hi, it's Barbie. I can't find my dog. <laughs> the dog is right there, at her feet. Yeah, but she's not seeing it. All right, Michael, what's your caption? I'm Barbie. She's answering the phone, saying, I'm Barbie? No, she's just thinking it. So she picked up the phone, held it to her face and mouth, and thought, I'm Barbie? Yes, exactly. She's practicing. Practicing what? Thinking that she's Barbie? Uh, okay, let, let's move on. Jason, your caption? Hey, I'm so sorry to do this, but I won't be able to come to the party. I just can't. I got all dressed up, but I just can't shake this funk on me. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I'm back to thinking about that girl from four years ago. I know it sounds crazy, but I think she was trying to tell me something. I'm sorry. I'm stuck. Anyway, give me a call when you can. Oh, I'm sorry, this is Bobby. But you knew that, you have caller ID. I'm so stupid, goodbye. So, young man, you are suggesting that not only Barbie will miss a party, but that she's traumatized by something that I just told you never happened to her? I think addressing the trauma is important. It's a discussion that needs to be had. Not by Barbie. Not by Barbie. Bernard Breed, remember your condition? Now you may think that's absolutely ridiculous and that's not our world, but as God always seems to work it, I was looking at CNN this morning and there's these, um, uh, they were celebrating this, what's called the truple. I don't know if you know what a truple is. It's a couple, but there's three people involved in it. 
See, in the state of Massachusetts, it's now legal for three people or five people or eight people to be in what's called a polyamorous relationship. And these three people wanted their name on the birth certificate of a child that they just uh, had. And so, so these three gentlemen are in a relationship, polyamorous relationship, and now it's called a truple, okay? Um, it's like, well, how do you end up with something like a truple in America? We lose our reasoning skills, okay? We, we're losing our brains, folks. And, uh, sh you know, shouting's not going to do it. Being ugly is not going to do it. Being mean or bullying people is not going to do it. We're going to have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we really, I've spent all, almost all of my adult life studying, I mean, really, a lot of science. I, I, I went through a real difficulty trying to reconcile Darwinism with, with a creation story and found them incompatible and was told they were incompatible. But now I've kind of learned, and I know all about that stuff, so Darwinism is on the run. I want to let you know that if you're not up with the latest science, intelligent design is soaring, and uh, not evolution's on the run, but Darwinism, materialism and, and you know, all of us coming by accident and chance and survival of the fittest. We're finding out in, a, in the uh, abiogenesis that the, that the proteins are all stacked and encoded like a computer program. And they're beyond, it, it just can't happen by itself. That everything in, in the amino acid level, it was all programmed by something. So now the current theory about the origin of humanity is the matrix that we are inside some sort of computer program that some species outside is actually running. That is the origin of the species. Even Darwin wouldn't have bought into that. But so, so I spent all this time trying to argue this and try to understand it for myself, where do I stand? And, and you know what's interesting? Now nobody cares about science anymore. There's, there's a grave and two people are buried in it, the theologian and the scientist, because we have a culture who doesn't care about either one of them. And then when I argue with people, people will say, well, you know, God made me this way. Wait a minute, you're appealing to a theological argument that doesn't exist? Well, wait a minute, made me this way. You're appealing to a scientific fact that does not exist? And it's like, what? I'm like, it's funny. Who would have ever thought that, that me and the atheist science would be buried together? That's exactly what's happening because we've lost our ability to reason. And, and so, yes, Lord, please help us. And how do we do it? Argue better? I don't think that's working, is it? Now, um, I think we need the Holy Spirit because somebody needs, to, it, it, we, somebody needs to display the rightness of God and it needs gonna, it's going to have to be miraculous in our culture and it's going to have to flow through us. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no revelation, not knowledge, it's where there is not fresh divine revelation flowing into a culture, the people cast off restraint or perish. Now you tell me if I'm misinterpreting what's going on in America, okay? Uh, we, are, we, we have all the technology in the world, but do you know for the first time in two years in a row, we are dying at a younger age than we have ever. Americans are dying at younger ages now, why? Because 70,000 people last year took their lives. 70,000 people died from killing themselves because of desperation. We need the Holy Spirit and the power of God in the church. Um, number five, another reason why I think we need the, uh, the power of God is that miracles are not Jesus fixing things, but miracles are Jesus saying things. 
Um, I see miracles as this. Miracles are affirmations conveying authority. Is that when you can perform a miracle, people may argue with your theology, they may argue with your politics, but all of a sudden you raise a dead person and people are like, okay, I think he's a schmuck, but there's something going on with this person. Or that person, so-and-so got healed, or, or how did he know that? Or how did she know that? How did they, see, Jesus used miracles. Jesus didn't fix the world. I mean, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Guess what Lazarus did about 20 years later? Died again. He was the first refried beans or, or twice baked potato. He was the only guy that had ever died twice, but he still died. Well, wait a minute, Jesus healed him. Not of, not of humanity, you know? Now Jesus died for his sins and he can experience an eternal life, but once in a while, God will do the miraculous on behalf of his people, for his people, if we ask him. But how many of us are asking God for a miracle? I mean, we're not, we're not. How many of us pray before taking the Tylenol? No, we take two Tylenol and then we pray. Well, how about praying before taking the Tylenol? Ever thought about that? Maybe Jesus first on this. Maybe ask God for a healing first. But Jesus did miracles so that he could affirm that you can trust me, you can believe me. We want people to fall in love or, or listen to the people of God again, to church again. Well, then the church of God needs to have something other than a good argument. It needs to have something. And what is it? Exactly what Jesus told the disciples, don't go anywhere until you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what's crazy? A bunch of you didn't even know about this Holy Spirit. It's like, wait a minute, we can do miracles? I mean, we can pray for things like that? I thought that was like you. You're like a pastor. You guys do that. No, it's for everybody. And we're going to find out more about that. There was this guy that was a paralytic, and they, they lowered him through this roof because they wanted their buddy healed by Jesus. I mean, they, they wanted it. And... Um, let me just read you the story. When they could not get near Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. I, you know what? I hope I have friends like that. I, okay? I hope I have friends like that. Um, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there and questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You don't have the authority to do this. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they just questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and take your bed and walk. Good logic, I love it. He's like, what's this easier? Neither one of them are easy for somebody that doesn't have the, both of them are impossible for somebody without the power of God in their lives. And Jesus says, okay, you tell me which is easier. But he says, but that you may know that the son of man has authority to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked it up, the bed, and went home so that they were all amazed and glorified God. See, Jesus was saying to this crowd, as he said in John 10, 38, he said, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. 
that there were some times when, okay, you guys aren't listening to me. Everything that I said to you was right and makes sense and all that stuff. But you know what? So that you know I have the authority to do this, rise up and be healed. See, I think the church has lost that. We, people are like, you don't have a right to tell me how many people can be in a marriage relationship. Five, you know, ten. You don't have, you don't have the right to tell me what the configuration is. You don't have to, we're going to rewrite all this stuff. We don't care what science says any longer, you know. It's like, uh, so what gives you the right to talk to me? You know, what if we had the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us and we could pray and all of a sudden they recognize, oh, Okay, they do have, you may not believe me because of what I said, but believe me because of the works that I do. Can you see how that would be a really big advantage for the church today, for us as individuals? I mean, let's say you have like a 40-year-old son who thinks you and your Jesus are doofuses, okay? And, 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 and he's just like, I don't believe in all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm scientific, you know? And it's like, uh, I, first of all, I'd like 10 minutes with him. But other than that, that's an unkind thought. But, ten, uh, but you all of a sudden pray for his MRI when he comes back and it's healed. Okay, you might have his attention now. So let me just say, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God wants to affirm his authority through his people once again, because we now have a generation of people who do not know who Jesus is, who do not know who the real Jesus is, the real one. And then, number six, there's a genuine need for hope beyond that which can be provided by the physical world. Uh, I mean, there are sometimes you just need something, you need hope from someplace bigger than the world. I mean, I think we're all there. Nobody really thinks the world's going to change just because we switch political parties, right? I mean, please, please tell me that you don't think it's just going to get better because Trump's gone and that the world's all of a sudden going to make sense again, right? Because you're just setting yourself up for another four years of, of misplaced hope. And that's exactly what happened in Acts 27, is that Paul was on a, a trip and the ship was was sinking and the wind was blowing and, and everything bad was happening that could happen on a ship. And, and they were just crying out, you know, you know, that they were ready to die. They knew it was happening. They were freaking. These, these hardened uh, sailors were, had given up hope. And Acts 27, 21 says, and since they had been without food for a long time, the apostle Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred this injury or loss because he prophetically told them that the ship was going to sink. But you know, just because they didn't listen the first time, God's grace doesn't say I'm done with you, okay? So maybe you passed on God and think, well, God's done with me. No, no, he wasn't done. So listen to what Paul says. Yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. Because why? Because Paul was afraid. Okay? The apostle Paul was afraid. It's like, give yourself a break. People think, well, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be afraid. Don't you believe in the resurrection of the dead? Yeah. 
It's that getting caught in a blender in between, you know, and, and coming out the other end of a salad shooter that really concerns me. It's how I'm going to die that makes me nervous. And the Apostle Paul was, you know, it's like, man, this thing looks like it's going down. And the angel said, Paul, hey, first of all, I'm going to empower you. and I'm going to tell you, don't be afraid. And, and it's like, okay. See, he needed a miracle. Theology alone was not enough. And there are times that you've been in, you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, but have you ever been in a time when, when it's just not enough? I was told last week I gotta have another surgery, now my stinking thyroid wants to do stuff. I mean, I have lost more body parts. If I lose any more body parts, um, I'm gonna be like vision in, in, in WandaVision. I'm, I'm gonna be like artificial, okay? And, and all of a sudden, it's like, what? Yeah, you have these two growths on your thyroid. They, we think they're pinching your, your, uh, your, your nerve going to your throat. That's why your voice sounds so deep and sex, sexy like this. And he's like, we need to go in there and make sure if it's cancerous, we got to take out your thyroid. We got to blah, blah, blah. You're going to be on hormones for the rest of your life. And I'm just like, God, you've got to be freaking kidding me. You know, I've got half of this and none, none of those, and I've ruptured that and all this other stuff. It's like, give me a break. And he's like, no, Paul, I want you to live on miracle. I want you to live on miracle. Why? Because I want you to preach and be believable. It's like, all right. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> but, but you know what? Have you ever gotten news that you just could, that just, I don't care how saved you are, it just took the wind out of you? And God, you needed a miracle where God spoke something into your life through somebody else or an angel or a dream or a vision. And I've had those take place. And I still get afraid. I know some of you are here, maybe you come from a Baptist persuasion or, and it would really be a Baptist persuasion, nothing against that. Um, but you're saying, well, wait a minute, Paul, doesn't this violate the uh, violation that Jesus talked about? Only a perverse generation seeks signs and wonders. It's like, wait a minute, we're told not to seek signs and wonders. Okay. <laughs> First of all, the church was never supposed to run without the Holy Spirit. Okay? That was the problem. The church has been trying to do the moral job of, of God without the power of God. That's where the crime occurred is that we were doing this all in our flesh and our intellect and our reasoning. And I love all those things, but that's not supposed to be our calling card. That's not supposed to be our strength. Our strength is that people look at us and say, huh, I know that guy's stupid, and I know he's just a fisherman, but he just prayed for this guy. Do you know right now, in my phone, I have under notes, that note app on my iPhone, I'm keeping track of all miracles in 2021 keeping track of all miracles, because I, I don't believe in miracles. Raw me, I'm a skeptic, okay? It takes supernatural power of God to get me to believe in the supernatural power of God. And so I decided, oh, wait a minute, you know, I'm gonna keep track of these miracles. And so I, on my phone, I've got, when I hear somebody tells me a story, and don't worry, I'm doing it for you. Because, and if you're out there and you're a skeptic and probably a dude, um, because we tend to be a little bit more skeptic. I, I'll ask all those questions. It's like, okay, how many rounds of chemotherapy did this miracle take? Okay? Because I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> and I always believed that. I always believed that medicine had to get involved. It wasn't a miracle. Until I had a severe spine injury. 
And then I just ask God to help my spine injury any way you can. I don't care if they have to stick a needle in my back. I don't care if I had, whatever I got to do, but Lord God, help me. And when, when they stuck that needle in my back and, and it started giving me relief and all this other stuff, oh yeah, that's miraculous to me. That humans can stick needles in somebody's back and it provides some sort of aid. But yet I'll keep track of all these miracles and I'm going to let you know about them. Um, and I'm going to, because you need to know about them. And they've been, they've been happening here. I'm going to end the service here. I have like four more pages of notes. And um, I think it would just muddy the waters for me to say anymore. Um, so let me, let me close with this. Stacy's going to be teaching next week. Now, the reason why I tell you that, it used to be that like years ago, that if somebody was going to speak instead of me, we wouldn't let you know because we always thought, well, if they know that Paul's not speaking, you know, they don't want, you know, the B team coming up or something like that. You know, I don't want to go to church if the B team's not there. It's until the B team is now filled with the Holy Spirit and amazing, okay? And we found out it wasn't, it wasn't, Paul, it wasn't Paul after all. It, it was... It's something bigger than that. So Stacy is uniquely qualified by God to continue this next week. And we're going to continue it for two more weeks. But I, I'm just telling you, you need to just begin to ask God to expand your mind about how he wants to use you. Because he wants to use everyone. God's been doing miracles here at Crosstown. And we've actually seen them on the increase in the last year. In the last six months, we've seen them on the increase. Here's what we've been experiencing. We've been experiencing healings, prophecies. That's where God speaks to somebody. You know, you've been married five times and the man that you're with, it's not your husband. We've been having stuff like that going on. We've seen power over the demonic, demonic spirits leaving people. People are beginning to have dreams and visions from God. This church is filled with right now, it's uncanny an incredible amount of mercy and favor from God. And you're like, well, wait a minute, you're that church that floods every time it rains. And it's like, yeah, we've been watermarked by hope. Keep flooding us. Keep flooding us. And you say, you're out of your mind. It's like, no, I want you to see us go through adversity and see the power of God sustain us. Well, you're that idiot pastor that hasn't gotten its church out of the flood zone yet. Somebody said to me, it's like, you're not a good leader. And that bothered me for about five minutes. And then when I, he got back up off the ground, you know, we have seen over the last five years, the power of the Holy Spirit cause a flourishing here and have the favor of God. Why? Because we're in difficult times. We're here to show people that difficulties don't define people. The Spirit of God defines people in the midst of difficulty. And God wants to pour out His Spirit on you. Daddies, wouldn't you like to lay your hands on your children when they skin their knees and ask God to fill them and give them peace and, and bring healing? Wives, wouldn't you like to pray for that doofus husband? You know, and who just doesn't seem to get it, but yet he needs help because he's got such a small little brain. And he needs help. Small little brain just like mine. This world, instead of us fighting homosexuals or 
adulterers or beating up people that are different than us, arguing, tweeting. The world is not going to be changed by tweeting. Oh my gosh. Cleverness is not going to save the lost. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. So over the next couple of weeks together, we're going to learn about how God wants to do the miraculous in you. And I'll start sharing some of the miracles that have happened here. And I'll start sharing some of the miracles that have happened in my life. Full out. I never shared them before. Why? Because I didn't want this to be a church that turned me or anybody else into like the anointed, the super powerful ones or Marvel cartoon. You know, I, I mean... I didn't want to be about that. I wanted to be about Jesus. I don't want it to be about, but you know what? I robbed you of hearing about the miracles that God was doing in our mess. So I'll start telling you about them. Why? Because I want you to run back to wherever you came from and then say, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Referring to Jesus. I want you to go back with authority and power and strength and love and favor and all that, God never intended us to do church the way that we do it in America. I love what Ricky does. God's empowered Ricky and the team here. Okay. I love what everybody does. I am like the most, I'm just going to say it out loud. I am like the most clever pastor you will probably listen to. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do got cool videos and all that other stuff but God forbid if that's the best part of me okay God forbid in too long my cleverness or my answers to your questions were my strength and God has now showed me oh no Paul I don't need another clever dude or a clever woman I need somebody that has to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and now minus a few body parts I'm ready to listen and maybe you're in that place too. Heavenly Father, as we enter into this moment together with you, God, we don't come here in some traditional way, though maybe tradition led us to this church. But God, we will, you're offering us so much more. And maybe we're just like Peter, and we had a reputation of being nothing more than a lug-headed fisherman. Maybe that's our way our children think about us, or our wives. But God, it's time for us to be used by you to astonish the world because the world has lost its ability to think clearly. So Father, we ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and we consecrate the next three weeks to this pursuit. Leading up to the death and resurrection of Jesus on Easter, God, today, in this Lenten season, we, we want to know more. Lord God, expose our weaknesses, not so that we can be humiliated, but so that we can be humbled, so that we can be filled with something greater than ourselves. Let me encourage you to come and receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ as represented in the bread and the cup. And when you do, when you go back to your seat and instead of just flipping through your phone or thinking, wow, okay, we got one more song and we're out of here, 
let it be a time when you say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In this last song, Lord God, just come upon me and do something greater in me than all the cleverness in the world could ever accomplish. This is what you wanted to give us all along. We thank you.